Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Community Insurance Company. Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, doctor, DPHD, hit an intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, home for the locals. Gotta be social, network, global, home for the locals. So apparently, you're gonna be airing my dirty laundry? Is that what you're saying? On our text? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I've got to find it first. That's the part. That's it. That's Good luck it. finding it, Simon. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a team. They're keeping you hidden. You know, listen, my team's amazing. It's a team yeah. of one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, you know, you sent me a nice, uh, what do you call it? A Guyantines? Yeah. You know? Just, just yeah. like a nice little note yesterday saying, you know, uh, we're, we're great. You like our episodes we do together, stuff like that. And I shot you down because I'm an asshole. <laughs> Typical Simon stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually genuinely like, you know what? I got to listen to this last episode again. I don't know. I was just like. You know what was what it was? It was like I was getting all this data that all of a sudden all these people are listening to my podcast and our episodes on Amazon Music. I'm like, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. All this data. I'm like, hmm. and then I came across our podcast. I was like, oh, I got to listen to this again. And I'm listening yeah. to it. I was like, man, we have great chemistry, man. It's just so much. It's not. It's not like any of my other podcasts, which are great. But there's yeah, something different. Absolutely. Here. There's absolutely. a different thing happening here. You know, I think you know. the I think the difference is, is that I suck at everything. Um, what? I, I, I just <laughs> <laughs> I just turned on my other computer. And I'm like, <laughs> I like had my elbow on something and it's like trying to type a password and it's I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, it's I'm okay. a mess. It's what, a what, mess. what is the difference? I mean, like. I, <laughs> <laughs> and now and now it keeps reawakening. I've got to yeah. move. I feel I, like I, this is the same thing. I mean, like, just, what's the difference? <laughs> Darian, you ever feel like everybody else has it put together except you? You know, I mean, no. I, you probably don't feel that way because you've got it all put together. You've I never feel like that. Together. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my whole freaking life. Man. Like, um, yeah, they've got it figured out. But yeah. Uh, Actually, okay, so the movie we watched was Parenthood. Parenthood. Let me say something first. Let me say something first. Yeah. When I watch, when, when, this is one of my, actually, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but it was one of my favorite movies at the end of the 80s. <laughs> what are you eating? Is that at all? Olives. <laughs> 1989, <laughs> interesting year. 1989, interesting yeah. year. But uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite Steve Martin movies, actually. For yeah. And I thought about you a lot when I watched this movie. I was like, Simon has a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah. like, 
he has a moment in the in the movie where he's kind of having a little mental emotional breakdown. He's like, "Well, let's have let's have four kids. Oh, let's just go ahead and have five kids. <laughs> Why not six kids?" And I'm just like, "That's not that many." <laughs> like I did it. No big whoop. <laughs> so you know, I really like. I have very fond memories of this movie watching it, and my wife was like. I don't remember a lot about this movie. So she watched it with me and she was like, I love this movie. I, 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 I forgot how good I really like. There's a lot of reality to it. You know? Yeah, I think so. I think Steve Martin's character was supposed to be like 35. 35, yeah. And I'm like, holy cow, you and I are like 10 years older than <laughs> this guy, you know. But I feel younger than his character. Way younger. Which is really interesting, but I realize that his kids in the movie are younger than my kids. I mean, Darian, by the end of this year, I'll be the father of three legal adults. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's really weird. That is very for, weird. For a lost boy, perpetually <laughs> feeling young and never feeling like I'm getting older, it's strange to think that, oh my God, I mean, you know how it is. It's like, you do you get this when you watch pro sports yeah you're like oh crap i'm like 20 years older than these guys i'll tell you exactly this jalen hurts is 24 the quarterback for the eagles in yeah. the super bowl and i was i looked at michelle and said <laughs> like we could be his parents right and i said but i don't feel like i'm like older than him like i look at myself and i go i don't know seems similar i mean it's like well i mean black don't crack you know you know i don't feel like that i'm like 20 years older than this guy you no, know yeah like mentally or physically i don't you know i don't see it however i've been limping for uh, over a week now with an injury that that seriously just jumping i was just doing change of direction plyometrics that's all i was doing <laughs> and you know didn't and I wasn't even doing it very well. That's the problem, right? Right. <laughs> Come on, Simon. I mean, I was getting into it. And then I was like, well, and it was one of those moments where it's like, it wasn't this huge pain, but it was just one of those moments where you're just like, nope, got to stop because yeah. can't use that leg anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting older guy injuries now, man. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just Sad. like, wait a minute. Hmm. And you know, it's, 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 uh, but you know, uh, to, to my credit, the last injury Zion Williamson, you know, got in his hamstring. Yeah. He's just like jogging down the court and all of a sudden he's like got an injury. I'm like, all right, if it can happen bad to, sign, man. yeah, <laughs> it can happen to that guy. It is a bad sign. It's man. You, you know, I, I feel like sports are such a good uh, metaphor for so many things. And one of those things is untapped potential. Yeah. And the things that hinder us from that untapped potential. And I'm hoping and praying that Zion Williamson gets healthy and has a stellar career, but he's spent more time injured than he's, than he's been healthy yeah. so far. It's been about three years or so that yeah. he's been a professional yeah. athlete. And, you know, we've seen that so many times. Somebody comes in, into the league with great promise and they have a career-ending injury in their for, in their rookie season, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. there's, And that's part of what makes a LeBron James 
so freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, think about it. LeBron James is probably the perfect body type for a basketball player. Yeah. Perfectly constructed, not old, like freakishly tall, like for the NBA, like, like six, eight, you know, great condition. Um, just great personality mentality for playing the game <clears throat> all around player and, you know, met the expectations and exceeding them from high school on to towards the end of the career. I mean, this pretty amazing, actually Zion is not going to happen. No way. And no, he's, he's also a candidate a to be career. incredibly, I hate to say this would be incredibly obese when he's done playing, unless he gets a hold of that. Yeah, because uh, he is he, he definitely is predisposed to being a larger dude, you know, definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, a lot of the talk of when people talk about who's the greatest of all time, who's yeah. the goat, you know, and they say, yeah. oh, LeBron doesn't have that killer instinct. And, you know, I think part of that has kept him in the game. Yeah. And that killer instinct is probably what wore Kobe out. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kobe play had a long career. Did. But toward yeah. the end, he was so hampered by injury that he just couldn't do what LeBron yeah. is doing. Yeah. And I think part of that is that, you know, his killer instinct to always go a thousand percent. Yeah. Shortened or it probably didn't shorten his career, but it shortened his productivity yeah. in his career because of the injuries. And that's kind of a crazy thing to say when you're talking about Kobe freaking Bryant, man. Yeah. That guy was yeah, amazing. <laughs> you know. But yeah. you know, we weren't worried about him, you know, uh cracking Kareem's scoring record. Yeah. Yeah. And it's LeBron true. James, I think you can argue that he hasn't been giving a thousand percent the way Kobe did, the sure. way maybe a Michael Jordan did. you can you can make that argument. But his more tortoise mm -hmm. versus hare mentality in the yeah. league, he can play another two, three years, and he's still For sure. doing great. He's sure this league, it, it, this year in this league, he he's a top five player. Oh yeah, yeah. In year twenty, yeah. No, it's amazing. It's actually amazing. The NBA is fairly unwatchable for me. I'm going to be honest with you, man. It's like, there's no offense. There's no defense. There's literally no defense. Like, that does frustrate me. Literally guys are scoring 60 and 70 and 50. Like it's nothing. Yeah. It's like, this is becoming a bad product. Honestly, it's not ugh, bad. I, I, I understand that frustration completely because, you know, we're seeing somebody like a Luka Doncic who's scoring 60 and then grabbing almost like 20 rebounds and stuff wow. like that. And I'm just like, there's just no way. And especially with the consistency that these guys are doing it. Yeah. And, and, and I will grant you that I think players today are more offensively talented. Agreed. Than players in the eighties and nineties. And just across the board. Like every player in the NBA today is probably yeah. more offensively talented than most players in the from the eighties and nineties. Sure. So I I grant that, but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, but you look at the defense that Michael Jordan had to push his way through. <laughs> I mean, they were clotheslining guys, literally. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and I'm not really you know advocating, you know, trying to hurt people, obviously. Yeah. But it does diminish, in a way, 
the accomplishments of today's athletes that they don't have the challenges that yesterday's athletes had. Yeah. It's like movies to me. I'm going to make this analogy. Kind of like your 80s basketball, 90s basketball. You know, the scores are like 89 to 95 type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, these are kind of like your original score movies. It's like, wow, these are really good movies. Well thought out. There's a lot going on here. Strategy, post up, some yeah. threes, <clears throat> elbow jumpers. And now the NBA is kind of like a superhero movie. The stats are like superhero movies. Let's just put this bullshit out and blow up a bunch of stuff. That's an apt analogy. Right. And then people will love the offense and people will love the superhero powers with the lack of the story. And it's watered down the sport tremendously, in my opinion. And same with movies. It's the same thing to me. I agree. You know, um, Still the most exciting player I think that's ever been on the court to watch was Dominique Wilkins. Human highlight. There's a reason they called him the human highlight film. I mean, he was just so exciting to watch. Yes. And it was exciting because he was doing stuff that nobody else was doing. You know, I mean, Michael Jordan couldn't dunk the way Dominique dunk. I know he was, he won the competition and everything, but game time, jumping over people, grabbing rebounds and and jamming them back in the hoop and stuff like that. There was just nobody who could do that the way Dominique was doing it. Today, you're seeing that kind of stuff a lot. Yeah. And I don't think it's because the players are that much better. I mean, mean, they're better, but they're not that much better. To your point, it's like, they just have a lot more opportunity. The focus is away from amazing defense. I love watching even go, go back and look at the LA versus Sixers finals with Kobe and Shaq yes. versus, uh, you know, um, Oh, what's Iverson. Yeah. Iverson. Those are rough games, rough games. They're slow. They're slow games because the defense is everything. You've got Kobe, Shaq, and Iverson, guys who can light it up against anybody, but these are some slow, defense-oriented games. Yes. <laughs> Big time. And I love those games. Me too. I love them. It just feels like the grind. You know, you're just up against this grind, and it doesn't matter how good you are. You know, you're not scoring 60. No. And every possession towards that second half was really important. It was like teetering. Yeah. You know, a turnover was big. And that's my problem with today's games. It's like, okay, back in the day, if some, like when Michael averaged 30, it's like hard to average 30 a mm. game. You know who's averaging 30 points a game this year? Like Shane Gilgis, whoever from yeah. Oklahoma. I'm like, <laughs> come on, seriously, man. I'm like, yeah. there's like eight or nine guys averaging 30. Seriously, how is that yeah. possible? Like LeBron's in year 20 averaging 30. <laughs> come on, man. If LeBron, if there wasn't, if there was still hand checking and tougher defenses, I honestly don't think LeBron would still be playing. Honestly, because he would be getting punished regularly by players. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah it's just. It's kind of like the NFL. These players are playing longer that aren't getting touched that much. Like the quarterback is now playing way longer because the quarterback's not getting Joe Montana out there, just getting pummeled yeah. on every play. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm going to have a 20 year career in the NFL. That's unheard of in the past. <laughs> I know. <He's> just... 
And, you know, I'm open to things changing because, you know, once again, like I don't want these NFL players leaving the league with brain damage. You know, I just don't, you know, so, and I want NBA players to feel like they can have a long career. And, and, you know, I mean, the average NBA career, I think is like four years. Yeah. But imagine if Michael and all the, and Dominique were playing in a non-hand check game today, no defense. Oh, there's a realistic thing that Dominique and Michael would be scoring 45 a game. That's not even a joke. That's, <laughs> that's like a, a realistic that's number. That's not a joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> If you don't have to get, get through the Boston Celtics or the Piston Bad Boys to get to the finals, then you're kind of coasting. coasting. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. Michael Jordan, you're kind of coasting. But Michael Jordan couldn't get there basically until the Celtics and the Bad Boys were kind of over. Right. So no matter how great Jordan was, he couldn't get to the finals yeah. until basically until Larry Bird retired. Right. And Magic it. got older. Yeah. Right. And, and there was a center, a legitimate center that actually rim protected. These guys now shoot yeah. threes. There's no center. So getting to the rim is not hard anymore. Yeah, they're it's hanging out at the three-point line. Everybody can get to the rack now. That's why you're getting all these dunks and stuff. There's no yeah. rim protection. That's <laughs> like, that. Yeah, it used to be amazing to see Michael rise up over Patrick Ewing. Oh, and you're just I like, mean, oh, my gosh. But it was like a once-in-a-seven-game yes. series moment. Right. And now it's like a three-time-per-game moment where you <laughs> guys rising up. Because Patrick Ewing's not down there. No one's down there. (laughs) It's hard to compare. It's like, okay, who's the best? But like, if you put the numbers would not be inflated if they played when there was like literally people getting clotheslined and stuff and vice versa. There may be, I don't know. It just, it's difficult to say, but I just think it parallels movies so much. I think you're right. I and think, I think that was both the really movies have parallel. gone downhill. The movies have gone downhill in general, the same way the NBA has gone downhill because it's all now it's like superheroes dominating super teams dominating. Like it's mm-hmm. like the same arc and the products are getting worse. Yeah. Didn't it, <clears throat> didn't it feel like if, if you had two A-list actors in a movie growing up that that was like a big deal right now you'll have you know 10 you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like... you're like how many people can be like i you know what just as a good example i just saw another trailer for like another fast and the furious movie i mean how many of these movies can there actually be was it up to that's, like 12 that's or 13 insane. and insane. there's like 10 8 to 10 super popular actors in it i don't think it's any good probably I'm going to admit to you that I've never seen a single Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> That's not surprising. All, by the all, way. I, all I've had to do is watch a, you know, a trailer. And I'm like, eh, I'm not, I'm not into that. You know, what's really funny is that, um, okay. So a couple of years ago, there was some trailer and uh, what, what, what's the lead guy's name for those Fast and Furious movies? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. There's there's like something in in the trailer and I can't remember how it all is going but he's like on top of one car and that car crashes and he like flies across an interstate or something like that and lands on another car and you know as a human as just a normal human <laughs> he's not Captain America with a super soldier serum he's not the Hulk you know with gamma radiation you know he's just a normal human guy 
And the the reason I bring it up is that I, I thought it was really funny recently when I was hearing somebody, a commentator about films and talking about action films and how they're just not believable anymore. Mm -hmm. But he said, but, you know, you do still have, you know, series like the Fast and Furious that try to keep it more grounded. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I haven't even watched what all I've seen is a trailer. And I know that that stuff ain't grounded. <laughs> right. I mean, Vin Diesel in that movie might as well have been Optimus Prime. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's no, there was no grounding. It's oh, crazy, sorry. actually. It's actually crazy. I know you're happy about the fact that there's another Transformers movie coming out, too. I, you got to be. Is there? Yeah, it's like it's oh like they do. They're doing the whole play on like um, <clears throat> like the Transformers who are like animals, the beast, you know, like the gorilla and all this. Oh, stuff. Oh, like see, that. I was out by then. I was out. I was, too. I was out by then. Yeah, right. I, I don't know anything about them. But they're doing that. Were, were they popular enough that, to, to make a movie with them? I, I don't have I no clue. You, you and I have, <laughs> like, I don't you know. and I have no idea. We're I have just no like, clue. I stopped a listen, long time ago. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, if it's 1984 and you got Bumblebee and Optimus, then I'm yeah. kind of in. But, you know, past like 85, 86, whenever it was like the cartoon, the TV cartoon, yeah, the original yeah. cartoon was over. I'm like, ah, I don't know anything about this crap now. <laughs> I, <just don't> <laughs> I was laughing when I saw the trailer and I was like, Simon would be so pissed about this. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, good for them. Keeping a lot of people employed, I guess. That's you know? true. Just, they must be making money if they're keep doing this stuff. You know, I, I just can't fathom who keeps going back. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, I really just like movie theater attendance is way down. Right. Apparently that's what I've been seeing in some headlines lately. Yeah, and they've been I believe maybe, maybe trying to restructure the seat pricing and everything to get people back. I don't know if any of that's going to work. What I, I'm just like, Hey, you know what you should do? You should make a good movie. <laughs> we have the solution <laughs> to movie theater attendance. Make a good movie. Yeah. And, you know, all these movie houses stop sending everything straight to streaming. Right. Yes. I'm giving people stuff so quickly on the streaming. You know, I hated Glass Onion. Yeah, I know. But, but that's a feature film. Yes. That's not a streaming movie. Why did that go straight to streaming? Especially with the success of the first film. Right. You know, people are going to buy tickets for that. So why did it go straight to streaming? I don't know. Sorry, movie, you know, movie <laughs> industry. This is on you. Yeah. It's not on, it, it's not on us, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. I'm trying to find a movie that I'm actually excited about seeing in the movie theater, you know, because there are movies that are just like, okay, I, I don't mind watching that on TV. And then there are other yeah. movies that I'm like, okay, that if I'm going to watch it, I might as well go to the theater to watch it because it's a big, it's a big screen movie simon creed three are you in on the movie theaters? <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'm I, i'm 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 leery about creed three creed two disappointed me so much yes we talked um, about it i remember yeah. yeah and i felt like it did so little with so much yeah there are movies that do that they take these concepts that are like so good and get you you know especially if you've been like you and i watching since the early 80s these rocky films and then you say oh you're bringing back drago and you're doing this stuff and then you do nothing with it like literally nothing right and it's like well why am i going to care about this next one <laughs> i mean 
You know what they tried to do? They tried to hit the wave, the Jonathan Majors wave, who's like the big it guy now in Hollywood, who I Sounds think like is an excellent actor, man. Sounds like he deserves to be. Everything I've seen that dude thing. in, he he touches, he crushes. Like, so actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say right here, I'm gonna go see the movie theaters because of Jonathan Majors, because I think he's an excellent actor. So that's interesting you brought that up because I think I'm gonna go see the next Ant Man movie because really? of Jonathan Majors. Kane, I think I'm right? gonna see it in the yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, I, I listened to a non-spoiler review the other night. It was a quick one. Somebody who got to see an early screening of it, and they were just they were just gushed about Jonathan Majors yeah. and that it's his movie. You know, mm. so when you have a great actor who's playing a, a villain, and they take over the movie, I mean, that's a Dark Knight Rises kind. Of, and I'm not it expecting is. Dark Knight, you sure. know, or not Dark Knight Rises, the Dark Knight. Um, yeah. And I'm not expecting a Heath Ledger Joker performance, you know, I mean, not that Jonathan Majors isn't capable of that, but I don't know if Marvel is capable of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sure, sure. (laughs) I think Christopher Nolan is capable of giving an actor that kind of role. I don't know if Marvel is capable at this Mm. point of giving an actor that kind of role. So I'm not, I'm not setting the bar that high, but just to your point about this, uh, you know, Jonathan Majors, you know, he seems like super legit, amazing actor. I hope he's just has all the success in the world. Yeah. There's guys like that, you know, and it's interesting. I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan. Oh, me too. And, uh, you know, but he came out of an era of filmmaking that was nothing like today's era. Nothing. You know, nothing yeah. like it. So the first time I became cognizant of uh, of Denzel was uh, the movie Glory. Oh, great movie, man! You know we watched that in school, you know, mm-hmm. like history class or something. Yeah, and Denzel had an important role, but it wasn't a huge role. But it was a standout. Oh my gosh! Yes. When I saw him. He's got that scene right where he's getting whipped, and he's just looking at the camera, basically. They yeah, and he that. has that tear going down. Yep. And oh my gosh, I yeah. saw that. I'm like, that's an actor. That's an actor. That is an actor, and he's proved it. I mean, he's he's been in some duds, but he, he yeah. his performance, he's proved it every every single time. Every sing, single time he's on screen, he's not phoning anything in ever. No, he's Denzel freaking Washington. He is Denzel freaking Washington. <laughs> he crushes it. <clears throat> generally crushes most things he does. And I love seeing these guys ascending like a Jonathan Majors. And you look <clears throat> at his growing body of work. It's very diverse. It's, mm. He's definitely not pigeonholed into certain I, things. <clears throat> I need to look at his filmography because honestly, good, I, I haven't I, ha- I haven't seen him in a lot of things yet. So I, I need to look at it again. I've only taken notice of him as he's really blown up and yeah. he's been in these big, big blockbuster movies. So I'm going to have to yeah, check it I'm out. Devotion is excellent. Lovecraft on, um, I think HBO max, like kind of a sci-fi thing. He's just, he's just, mm-hmm. he has good control. Like he, he feels like he's very, um, masterful in the performance. Like he knows how to sway the emotion of the scene very well you know i love that i love um i've never seen westworld the, i watched the, the first one. season and after that i dropped out man 
<laughs> it's like, eh. Um, the, uh, oh my gosh, I'm just blanking on his name. Um, he's the older actor. Um, he played Hannibal Lecter. Um, yeah. Uh, come on. Sir, um, um, what's his name? No, wait a minute. He's like, I think Anthony he's Hopkins, old, right? Yeah. Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Anthony Hopkins. That's right. Sir <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Um, you know, I, I love, I love acting. I love seeing breakdowns of actors techniques and somebody did a marvelous breakdown of a very simple scene that he was in from Westworld. And it's kind of like, he's having tea with somebody and they're just talking about things and i don't know the plot of westworld i don't know anything about it so you know none of that mattered though because what they were showing what they were demonstrating is how he in a matter of about a second and a half had demonstrated a sweep of emotion like somebody had thrown kind of an accusation at him and he'd gone from disturbed at that accusation to ponderous to amused before he responds with his rebuttal and he does it so fluidly and you think about a, a lesser actor trying to do that and how unfluid and mechanical yeah. it would be but for somebody like anthony hopkins i mean so just to your point a great actor commands the emotion of the scene and they can do it so subtly you don't know what they're doing yeah you just feel what they're doing right the feeling that's mm -hmm. where it really um i think is missing from so many of the movies so i'm happy like people like a uh, jonathan majors is rising and is it's like okay well now we got we have i hate to say this but i'm just gonna say it now we have like a more legitimate uh trained actor versus getting the mm -hmm. rock kevin hart <laughs> all these guys that just for a yeah. box office appeal and popularity but like someone who was really into the craft studied the craft you should look yeah. at his background his background yeah. is fascinating it's really hmm. good stuff man. interesting you would respect him a lot for what he's done yeah. just amazing which which i i really don't respect anybody so that's, that's a tall, <laughs> i'm that's a surprised you respect me at this point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean all the disrespectful texts and stuff i mean it's like okay. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just keeping it real, man. I mean, real, real, real disrespectful, just man. Keep it. <laughs> One moment while I eat, I eat another olive. <laughs> I mean, I have to keep listening to this blonde hair dye commercial all the time, and, <laughs> which gets better. It keeps getting better. I was so glad that you appreciated my, oh. my, my most recent one because I was like, you know what? Most people aren't going to even <laughs> realize what the heck I'm talking about. Paradigm shift, soul thing, brilliant. I mean, yeah. I, it's not this part of the show yet, but it, seriously, Simon's podcast is brilliant. It's it's brilliantly put together. It's a masterclass in thoughtfulness. Brilliant. I really appreciate that. You know, I'm I'm trying to do a through thread through this entire podcast, and 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 you know how that is because you've just mm -hmm. been uh, starting to release um, uh, lust for, for God yeah, for the for lust, lust of, of God. God. Yeah which is so good. 
Thank you. And the first episode, you know, it's kind of like this introductory episode. Now you go into the first perspective of somebody, Olivia, you know, in the second episode. And I can't wait till the third because I know I'm going to get another. It's out today, man. It's out today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you know how difficult it can be to create a narrative through line through multiple episodes. Yes. Most you definitely. Know, and, and, and it is difficult and it takes a lot of thought and it's very stressful. Yes. And, and especially if you're the only one working on it, I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of people forget that there's often a team of writers right. who are working on something or, you know, somebody might've, you know, written an original script and then it gets, it gets touched by a few different hands honestly along the way Yeah, before it becomes a thing. And that happens in books and, and things like that. Um, Shannon and I went to a great, uh, um, it's like an, a live interview. This was back in Portland. Um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Tia Hasi. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to get wrong. Getting it wrong. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> anyway, writes a book. Uh, he, he's, he comes from a journalist background. Anyway, one of the things he talked about as an author, you normally think of just the author just typing away on their own and they're creating their little masterpiece. And But what he emphasized was his team. He had, I can't remember, three or four readers who were reading along the way, giving him feedback. He has management. He has you know other people who are just giving him input, who are helping him craft and mold this book into what it becomes. It's not... It's a solo effort that's not a solo effort. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that. So when you're taking on a project like your podcast, like my podcast, that are true solo efforts, it's it's a big <laughs> it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a lot of it, work, man. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Yes. And, you know, that, that's why I'm always amazed at how many episodes that you produce, <laughs> how many people you talk to. Right. Because I know it's not just sitting down and talking to people. It's no. all, you know, it's, it's all the other stuff. It's putting it together. It's putting it mm -hmm. out, you know. And it's having other responsibilities. That's right. On the side. You're a yeah. husband, a father. You have another career, you know, mm -hmm. a totally separate career that has right. nothing to do with your podcast. And, you know, it's, it, it's a lot to take on and mm. I'm, you know, busily writing the script for my next episode that I'm supposed to record and release tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a Simon thing. This is such a Simon thing. But, you know, but, but it, I'm just trying to get at, you know, reinforce like how stressful it is. Like I have nothing on the line. If right. I don't release an episode tomorrow, there's no consequences. Same here, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I still feel that huge weight on my shoulders to produce something that is worthwhile. Yes. That that is worth people's time. And my episodes are much shorter than yours. Right. You know, I try to keep it around 20 minutes. But still even that 20 minutes, it's like if I'm going to take 20 minutes from you. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking 20 yeah. minutes from somebody. Yeah. So did I give you back something right. in exchange for that 20 minutes that was worth your time? Are yeah. you hearing all the noise? I'm hearing what's going on yeah. in your place here, man. This is <laughs> like, an intruder. What is this? We're going to have our first guest appearance. <laughs> <laughs> 
I told there. I have two boys home. One of them's home. He's feeling ill, and the other one is my adult son Moses, yeah. who's. Um, uh, but anyway, I I had told them both that I'm I'm doing this, so yeah. they have to be quiet. But they're in there just like ransacking. <laughs> <the joint. laughs> well, this is a good segue into parenthood, I think, <laughs> with yeah. children into this you know you this is you listen to this this is what simon and i do you know we go on and this and that we do a different thing you know we, we finally get to the movie we're we gonna finally get, get to, to it we finally we get, get to the to movie it. so yeah i mean i you watched this back in the day yes or yeah i, okay. I did and, I, and i'll tell you um this was a movie that i was too immature at the time to enjoy like really enjoy yeah like there were moments i enjoyed but the movie as a whole was not a movie I would have let. Oh, let's watch Parenthood. Yeah. You know, yeah. when, you know, a 12 or 13 year old Eli <laughs> wasn't like, come on, let's watch Parenthood. Right. You know, it's like, no, 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 let's watch Three Amigos. If we're going to watch, yeah, Steve yeah exactly. Martin, yeah. Watch, <laughs> little know. Chevy Chase, come on. Yeah. Um, but exactly your wife's reaction watching it again today, um, 30 years later, however long it's been. And I'm like, oh, geez, what a great movie. Yeah. What a great movie. I'd forgotten it was directed by Ron Howard. Ron Howard, right? Great. And I was like, oh, man. There's a lot of people involved in this movie that I feel like they were involved in this movie in their prime. And to that comment we said earlier, you know, I mean, was Steve Martin ever A-list? I don't know. Right. He was almost like right below it. Like he was yeah. kind of lurking around there. You know? Exactly. And, you know, then you had, um, uh, he played one of the other husbands. Uh, Rick Moranis. Uh, Rick you know, Moranis. Moranis. Right. We talked about. He, yeah. Moranis. He's not A-list. He has this oh. great career, but he's not A-list. Um, but one of my favorite actresses plays Steve Martin, Martin's wife. Um, Mary Steenburgen. Bergen. Yeah. Bergen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I tell you, that's a woman that I had a crush on. Really? Ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something about her. The mom next door. The mom next door. Fun fact. You know, Simon, you're not going to be the only one that looks up stuff about movies and says things. All right. I, I'm doing it this time, buddy. Good, All right. Good, good. <laughs> so I looked up her character, according to Ron Howard, was supposed to they were supposed to show her on screen being this really tired mom at the end of the day and then smoking a joint every night. Oh. And, and Mary Steenburgen, she said she objected to it. She said a mom who has it together wouldn't do that. And I was like, I don't know what about a, that. I was like, but what a different time, though. It's a different, what a different time. Mentality. Today's parents, I know a lot of parents <clears throat> will do that. Night, and they have it together. Back then, I understand the time of it. So she convinced Ron Howard to take that out of the script. Interesting. That probably would have given it an R rating just to show yeah, right? drugs right. You know, on screen. AT&T Fiber presents a straightforward moment. Game on, baby. This looks great. Yeah, streaming is amazing with AT&T Fiber. Must be nice being a gagillionaire. Yup, and the straightforward pricing has made me want to be straightforward with you. I'd much rather stream ice dancing. Is that Alma Hansen and Bjorn Anders? Oh, straightforward is better. No equipment fees, no data caps, no price increase at 12 months. Live like a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe. It's electrified. Boogie, woogie, woogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. 
boogie woogie woogie through the month. Or boogie woogie woogie to work, where you boogie woogie woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Sure got the boogie. Then you boogie woogie woogie to the elevator as he boogie woogie woogies after you, begging, please take me with you. Boogie. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, I, you know, I'm going to disagree with her on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree. Yeah. I think that would have actually enriched her character. I, I think, you know, we could have even seen that she stops doing that. Right. Because she now she knows she's pregnant because there's a right, scene in the movie right. where, where they talk about she says, right. I never smoked when I was pregnant, but she was a chimney back in college. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, there's great moments like that. And that that was one of the best things about this movie. I felt like that, yeah, you know, it's a microcosm. So there's a lot going on, lot. you know, and, and, and perhaps in real life, there's not that much going on all at once. However, you know, it, it felt really real. It felt like, yeah. you know, um, and, and I, I really loved how they gave older the older people moments to shine jason yeah. robards as the dad yeah he's not a good dad he's right. you know he was never great but when he gives that speech about how there's there's never a moment as a parent that you get to spike the football in the end zone you did yeah. it you know it's like you just keep going <laughs> yeah and it never ends that sounds almost hopeless and he goes from that and he, you know, he presents his, his deadbeat son who's got yeah. the huge debt, you know, with, with this plan. And you, for this brief moment, you think maybe there's this hope that he's going to help reform his son. And that's right. kind of a running theme throughout, you know, Steve Martin is trying to be dad of the year to help his son, you know, who has some, um, just emotional, mental yeah. difficulties. Right. And you just see that, no, there's, there's no easy answer. There's no, yeah. oh, we fixed it. We did it. No, you just keep working at it. And sometimes yeah. you just let your son go and you take care of their son and you say, all right, now I'm great grandpa raising yeah. my, my son's illegitimate, you know, right. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> and you realize, especially when, the guy's always you realize he's like a junkie for gambling. You know, he's hooked to it. He yeah. has this addiction. And when the the part where the the dad realizes it finally, he's never gonna change. You know, yeah. and it it's like it's heartbreaking knowing that someone that you raised in many ways you turned out that way, you know, and yeah. you just guilt and the shame and the hope that you want them to change, but realize you really can't control someone. You know, it, they're going to go to Vegas. They're going to go to, you know, down to South America. You can't do anything about it. Like you just, it's, it's hard to see that, 
So on the flip side of that, and I've said this before on this podcast, I think this is why I don't take any credit for my kids. Like people, people tell me all the time that I have great kids and I agree with them 100%. They have their struggles. They have their challenges. We had some stuff going on very recently that was like watching this movie parenthood was almost, it was almost like triggering, (laughs) you know? I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) it's getting too real. Is this too Um, close to home? (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but they, the kids will just be who they are. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there is nurture, obviously there's not just nature. There is nurture. So I've been trying to nurture them, but no matter how much you nurture a child, they still make their own choices. At the end of the day, you you know, you can have one kid who is just the next Pope or whatever, you know, whatever you think is great. (laughs) And then you have the other kid who's addicted to gambling and then, you know, running, you know, to South America to escape, you know, the spookies and everything. Right. You were the same parent. Right. Both of these kids. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's just like, I, I told my wife, I said, it's probably one of the more realistic versions of parenting on t- on screen, like in, yeah. in, in many ways. I know there's a lot going on, but it like touches on all these different dynamics of families. You know, mm-hmm. you this kind of the, the like Mer- Rick Moranis's character. I'm trying to create this genius child. Yep. And then, you know, this the very best intentions. He's got all the literature in his corner. Everything. I got all the facts. Yep. You know, but meanwhile, the kid's weird to other kids like he sees Steve Martin's youngest son as like an idiot. That was a great scene where he, the, you know, Steve Martin's kid is spinning in circles and she's like, why is he doing that? And it's <laughs> like, because um, he thinks it's fun. He's like, it doesn't look fun. Great. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> They had some great kid actors in here too, man. And they gave them just enough screen time. I feel like if you give young actors too much screen time, you start to really see the the weakness of a screen of of a, of a kid actor. Yeah. If you give them just enough, they're just like, all right. And, and they really hit the sweet spot in this movie of giving the, the kids just enough screen time to that. They were convincing. They were good. They um, had some really touching and emotional scenes with uh, involving the kids and stuff. But yeah, we weren't kind of taken out of the movie thinking, you know, thinking about, oh, these kid actors aren't so great, are they? <laughs> and I, you know, it was funny. I was watching. And I was like, Joaquin Phoenix. I totally forgot he was yeah. in this movie, man. That was so funny because when he first opens the door to peek out of his bedroom to try and sneak out of the house. I was like, oh my gosh, who is that? I was trying to place who it is. And, uh, and, you know, finally it dawned on me about, I don't know, I think in the next scene that he was in, I was like, that's freaking Joaquin. Yeah. That's Joaquin Phoenix. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have uh, Keanu Reeves. Who played himself. <laughs> Very much like, hey, yeah. And I mean, he was fine. Yeah, he was no. supposed to be a dopey idiot guy, and Keanu Reeves, young Keanu Reeves, plays that to a T. To a T. 
Yeah. It was Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, pretty much. It really was. I was just, wait, I was just waiting for him to be like, excellent. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but even he, you know, he showed it at certain points that he was smarter than he let on. Like, right. you know, he, he could read between the lines. Like when the guy at the racetrack said, the audience loves it. Why don't you come back and do it again next weekend? He's like, yeah. oh, great. I make a great, te- you know, uh, a yeah, crash, dummy. crash dummy. Yeah. But he wants to be a legit racer, you know. Um, so anyway, they, they just did a great job. Like yeah. I said, they didn't give Keanu Reeves character too much screen time either because that good. could have really been a detriment to the movie if he would have been given too much time. But uh, But he was given just enough and he was given just the right lines to say. Yeah. So that we we got it and we didn't need anything more from him <laughs> yeah we're good here i mean that whole yeah. dynamic in that family was so interesting to me it was so heartbreaking when gary calls his father oh. and he wants to live with them yeah and you see the destruction in his face and it's yep. like you don't know your dad the way i know him you know and, yeah uh, that that you know divorced family the hardship on that it's i mean it it was just so raw i loved how they portrayed that on there you know yep um there's a scene where joaquin is saying that you know uh or not joaquin sorry um keanu reeves character is is speaking about joaquin's character it's saying that oh yeah you know he really needs you know a father figure and I had a problem with that because I think it diminishes how amazing single mothers often are and can be, but they made up for that by, by going later in the show uh, where uh, the mom and and the Joaquin Phoenix character are are having a little talk and she's just telling him, you know, I I just want, I want you guys to have what you want and that's the best I can do. I was like, man, that's a really good summary of of parenthood yeah. right there. It really yeah. was. It's like I, I I know there are parents out there that are trying to push their kids into. I mean, Rick Moranis's character was that character. He's the right. quintessential try to push my kid <laughs> into becoming something, yes. whether they, whether that's who they are or not. But the real parents who get it are probably the parents who struggle the most because they are just trying to help their kids be themselves yeah and and do the things that they want to do with their lives and that's way harder than creating a model citizen (laughs) (laughs) it's a funny thing man i was like my daughter badly wanted to wear this like unicorn uh skirt to school today Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of her and you friends, were like, "No, I'm wearing that today." Yeah, no, that's for me. Okay, uh, exactly. You know, she's you know eleven and a half, and a lot of her friends are kind of turning away from that that type of stuff. Yeah, and she just has this conviction. I just love this stuff, and it's like a very kind of outlandish, very bright thing. And I told her, I said, I "You it. know, I want you to wear, I want you to wear it. You know, like go for it." You know, I said. I didn't even say like, hey, other people may not think this is cool. I was like, just just do what you feel is right for this. It's, you know, if you want to wear it and you want, this is how you feel you want to express yourself. You know, it wasn't crazy. Like, you know, it's different. She's wearing some yeah. skirt and it had like crazy, like, uh, 
you know, derogatory things on it and stuff. Got some swastikas yeah, on it. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, we got to talk here. About it. <laughs> but I want, you know, that line of like, how do I let my child express themselves in a way that feels very real to them and native to them and not kill that in them? Yep. You know, <clears throat> that's hard in many ways. It is difficult, and it's difficult sometimes to find. So I, my youngest boy... Like, uh, he'll wear like, he, he's like that true kid, you know, boy, like yeah. your quintessential boy. Who's gonna, he'll wear the same dirty pants to school for a week, you know, and you have <laughs> to force him to change. You have to force, you know, and, and this, that, and the other, because the, the, one of the trickiest things about parenting is figuring out, figuring out when the child is expressing themselves or when they're just lazy yeah <laughs> right what's the line yeah, yeah. so uh, you know that we you know we attend church every sunday um sometimes much to my chagrin but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i have a lot of empathy for the kids who don't want to go right but my reasons for not wanting to go aren't just because i'm lazy Right. You know, I mean, usually, right, let's be honest, sometimes <laughs> I'm just, just like, you know, honest, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so and, and I'm not trying to diminish my kids either, you know, because they can have their own reasons for, for wanting to do things. But what I've always said is, what will you do that's better? Yeah. It's like, are you going to work on something? Are you going to or are you just going to lie in bed? <laughs> you know, because that's that's what the kid will do. That's what the kid will do. You know, do. so I'm like, if you give me a better option and you show me that you've been doing that, that's the a, a deal I've had to make I made with our oldest daughter yeah. back when she was a teenager. It's like show me that you're gonna do something more worthwhile with your time. But if you're just gonna lie in bed, you know, whatever, it's like then you're coming to church with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if for no other reason, just to get out of the house and socialize. Yeah. I don't care if you believe in anything. I, don't, I just don't care. And I'm not trying to push belief onto you, but I am trying to get you out of the house and help you become part of a um, a, a um, community of people who care about each other. Yeah. You know, so, and, and, and especially if you see that your child isn't really getting that in other places because yeah. they're, they're kind of isolating themselves from lots of things. Yeah. It's like, well, Humans need humans. Yes. <laughs> That's what the show, I think, the movie, you know, and like this crazy family dynamic, you know, all these different family members, everybody's related to each other or not, and they're just trying to coexist, but everybody's like, I don't want to spend time with Gil. I really don't think, you know, Gil has it all together type of thing, or, you know, and then everybody sees, you know, the wayward son coming back, and everybody's like, oh, you know, uh, yeah. don't give them any money, exactly. you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. all this dynamic trying to coexist in all this chaos that it feels like on a regular basis is difficult, you know. And you just see that, you know, within your own family, you're all so different. Yeah. And then you go out into the rest of the world and everybody's so different. I was actually just having this conversation with a, a friend of mine about once again, about that aspect of time and giving and receiving time and what a gift that is and how there are so 
few people in the world that I want to give time to because right. time is so precious and I will procrastinate, <laughs> procrastinate and just do everything I can to not give people my time. You know, it, it, I'm like a Scrooge with time. <laughs> you time know? Scrooge, man. Yeah, I just, you know, it's okay. If you're going to get my time, then you you better use it wisely because otherwise I don't want to come back. That's, you know, if I'm being honest, that's my problem with church is yeah. that so often I feel like I just wasted two or the, the people who were speaking or instructing just wasted two hours of my time. Yeah. It's like, you didn't present anything interesting, anything new. You didn't challenge me in any way. And I'm, I'm not, I can't speak for everybody, but I mean, yeah most of the people that I think are in that church with me have been going there long enough that they've heard all this crap before. So, yeah. I mean, come on, you know, give, yeah. me, give me something. I think that's a lot of people's church experience growing up is this kind of forced attendance for something that's like dreadfully, painfully boring and uninteresting, but it has so much potential to be beautiful and incredible and transformative. But, you know, it's like somebody told you you're going to go see the Rolling Stones and then the Stones didn't show up. <laughs> and you're like, well, we got this <laughs> band here from, uh, you know, Pasaki, Illinois. Or something like They're pretty good. You know, these guys, it's uh, you're like what? they do some stone covers. Yeah, it's you know, it's kind of stone light. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> like I'm stoned right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Catch me on a Friday. You'll see. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that was my favorite when you when you messaged me about listening to my podcast, and I knew right away. You knew it was I like was just high, from man. your first message. You knew I was high. Funny. I was like, oh, he's high, and that's the best way. That's the best, best way to listen to something like what I'm putting out there. I was so. deeply into it too. I'm like listening, hanging on every word. <laughs> and I was like, wow, <laughs> Simon. <laughs> great podcast to listen to when you're baked man <laughs> like, oh man that's beautiful that's <laughs> but the really funny beautiful. thing is then right after that i listened to science plus god and oh, it was really? awesome oh and it man. was about so the you... parallel between science and christianity i was like this is very interesting to me you like, got an earful i yeah. just like want to like invade my brain with all these different things you know it's like Man, it's like I was telling you last time. I was like, I'd like to have a lot of different resources for my spirituality and my religions. Exactly. And I feel like I need to feel like it's got to pull me in, you know, and honestly, it just has to. I, I hate to, it just does. Yeah. And once again, it's not you and I need to be you and I need, you know, flashbangs and, yeah. and oh. you know, whizzy pops or whatever. It's like you don't need to, you know. In fact, it would totally turn you and I off to be in one of these mega churches where they have the big bangs yeah. and, or the big bands and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I mean, we would just laugh at that and mock it completely because <laughs> what we want are ideas. And I think that goes back to the movies. Yes. You know, that we were talking about. And um, it even goes back to sports, I think. Right. You know, I mean, I. So my son, Phineas, my youngest, he, this is his first year playing basketball. So he's, he's never played, really. You know, he's, he's shot around on a basketball hoop. He's never played on a team. He, you know, so he's just really getting to know the game this year. 
and we've had a lot of you know little conversations about it and i've been telling him you know that one of my favorite things about basketball is how complex it is that on the court you have to have an awareness of what nine other guys are doing you have to have an awareness of what two other coaches are doing you have to have an awareness of what the referee is doing where they're at you know so okay what can i get away with basically right. you know because the referee's over there he's not looking at me um you and and you have to develop almost a sixth sense uh some kind of um uh you have you have to become a basketball oracle because you have to be able to like know what's going to happen next and the players who develop that they become great yeah and they and 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 the uh what do, what do you call that you know it, there's a there's a great you know uh ancient asian term for it um being in the groove or being mm. in the uh, in the flow you're oh, in the flow okay. So you're in that flow state. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking anymore. Right. You're doing. Right. Time slows down. Yeah. Things, you know, everything becomes bigger. You know, you're running faster than you've ever ran before, but things are happening slower than they've ever happened before. Yeah. Because you can see you're you're two steps ahead of the action. It's a beautiful thing. It's it, but it's you you have to be so smart to be great. And that's yes. why guys like Magic Johnson were great. Right. That's why Larry Bird was great. That's why Michael Jordan was great. Yes. That's why Kobe was great. Yep. You know, and frankly, that's why LeBron James is great. Most definitely. You know, I mean, you know, on and on and on. And and so anyway, that's where you and I are at. We're just we're so interested in yes. ideas. We're interested in seeing greatness played out in the mind yes yes and i think <clears throat> to kind of preview coming up this summer uh oppenheimer is coming out oh, another yeah. christopher nolan movie yeah just saw the preview <clears throat> killian murphy preview. yeah i haven't I, watched it I, I actually have no idea what it's about i have I, i've actually you're gonna I love it I kind of want to keep it that way. I kind of Let's, want to no, go to just the don't theater. Say that. Don't say that. I'm, like, I'm going to tell oh. you. Like, Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Enough of that. All right. I was like, I've had enough okay. bad texts from you this week. I'm going to tell you, I'm like, you've been disrespectful. It's time for me to step <laughs> on your feet. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Killian Murphy. All right. Scarecrow from Dark yeah. Knight, right? The whole thing. Great actor. Excellent actor. Mm -hmm. He plays Oppenheimer. And essentially, this is the movie about the atomic bomb, essentially, yeah. or, you know, that whole famous speech when uh, I have become death, I've become the destroyer of worlds. I can't mm -hmm. wait to that scene. That scene's got to be in the movie. Has to be. Yeah. And the ramifications of humans developing something that could destroy all of humanity. I know Christopher Nolan is going to do this movie incredible justice he's just yeah. a masterful director and he takes his time and he has thoughts and ideas to his movies yeah that are really important so sorry i spoiled it for you but i'm not sorry <laughs> i mean just from the name i mean I come on Simon. basically about, <laughs> but, but i've been like okay 
are, is he doing something weird with it? Is he just doing a straight up historical drama with it? I don't know. You know, I've just been wanting to like stay away from it until I just yeah. go see it. But, uh, but yeah, spoilers, everyone. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to no. be amazing, honestly, because I of what we say good. about it, you know? Yeah. Um, Christopher Nolan's one of those directors that, you know, um, even when, even when I haven't been in love with the movie, it's like, but I see the ideas. Yes. And I love the ideas. And sometimes, sometimes in his movies, he can really hit you over the head with them. Yeah. And, you know, and other times um, you can walk away and you're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. Yeah. You know, I, th I think we mentioned Inter Interstellar the other yeah. episode. We kind of talked about that where it's like, I mean, I think I get it. But, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Maybe. I might, I might <laughs> not. I yeah. might not get it at all. Yeah. You know, and I really appreciate a movie like that. Um, have you seen the movie Tar yet? No. Kate Blanchett? I've heard of it. I just haven't seen it. I've been able to see half of it. And then our whatever stopped working. Yeah. You know, and it wouldn't play the rest of it. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is really too bad because, man, was I loving that movie. And wow. I think Kate Blanchett is just one of the all time greats. Amazing. Amazing. And giving her this role with this kind of juiciness to it was just, mm. yeah. Mm. Look at Simon. She, it's feeling yeah. it. <laughs> Darian, there's so much talking. There's oh, so much. This assignment film, lots of talking, <laughs> and they're talking about music. Mm. And even if you don't know about music, you can, you know, they don't, they don't go too out there that you can't follow. But it's really, you know, I, I was as I was watching it, I was, I was imagining uh, watching it with my younger brother who is um, working on his doctorate. Uh, in musicology and I'm just like oh man this would be so much fun to to just yeah. watch with him because it's a music nerd movie right. but don't let that detour anyone if you're not a music nerd because it, it, I think it's one of those movies even if you don't get what they're talking about it is such a joy to watch these actors act and do their thing I mean it's just I can't yeah. Kate great screen man. presence man yeah. Tremendous screen presence. Her charisma is, you know, it's it's there with the Denzel Washington. Yes. You know, I mean, it's just like she is magnetic on screen. She is the special effect, you know. Yes. Just her look is very different, you know, just something about it's very sexy in a weird way. You know? Very Australian. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something there going on, you know. Yeah. I think she's just very um, elegant. Elegant, and, yes. And it, and in a way that seems otherworldly, even when she's just playing, even when she's like looking her worst. She has yeah. this kind of otherworldly elegance where it's like, oh, this is what a Greek goddess looks like when they're yeah. at the worst, you know? Kind of like, I mean, maybe not the same, but I always think like Tilda Swenson, she's a strange looking woman. Very but strange. she has this very alien-looking appearance, appearance, what I would deem to be. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> she she grabs the screen whenever she's on. There's something about that, you know? Some people yeah. just have that. I don't know. It's just a thing. They really do. And, yeah, I think 
you know, like David Bowie had that. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, and <laughs> in fact, I think Tilda Swinton would be a great David Bowie. <laughs> That's true. That's, you know what? Great idea. <laughs> Wouldn't that be I mean, it's your time to work on this. <laughs> a biopic of David Bowie. You would you would hate working on that movie. You'd like trash it in two months. You'd be like, we're done with this. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'd be like, I wrote a whole thing and I got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Simon. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> I was um, I was going down the, the the wormhole of my own music last night. Uh, with somebody who wasn't very familiar with it and just yeah. talking to them about it. And I was like, oh man, I'd forgotten I'd even done this stuff. <laughs> and uh, I was telling them one of the, one of the urban Jack albums. I said, listen, don't, don't listen to that one. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's like two or three tracks off that one that are listenable. Don't, don't <laughs> just don't bother yourself with the rest. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm like, listen, I, I know it. I know that album, you know, and I made some kind of stupid analogy, like to, to a car mechanic or some stupid thing. It's like, you know, not every time you fix a car, is it the best thing you've ever done? Yeah. You know, and that's the yeah. same with being an artist. It's like, not everything I do is the best thing I've ever done. Of course. I freely acknowledge that. And I am not going to return to listen to that album. And I don't think you should either. <laughs> Just don't do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've done much better things that are much <laughs> Once again, the, the whole value of time. These other things are much more worth your time. Don't yeah. bother with that one. <laughs> so everyone, I want you to realize this. If Simon's not spending any time with you, that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> like, that <laughs> I don't want to say I was going to say something else, but I would sound way worse than that. Oh, if you listen to this, you already Enough said. Enough, Enough said. said. It's not that interesting. It's <laughs> really like... funny. It's really funny. Well, you know, I mean, that's the best compliment I can give anybody. And it's 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 how I express love to my children. Yeah. I can't give them everything I want to give them. I can't, you know, uh, I can't do all the things with them that I'd want to do with them but sometimes i can just sit in the same room as them yeah. you know when they're doing something that i'm not interested in but i can still be there and my wife you know sometimes doesn't think she does that enough but she does it at times where ah, i just really can't yeah. my oldest son moses killed his first deer recently mm -hmm. He's at it aging in the downstairs fridge, and now he's starting to process the meat. It's like, listen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you judge me all you want, but I, <laughs> I, I can't do it. Simon ain't going to be there, man. There's, there's a reason I'm a vegetarian. That's exactly right. <laughs> I can't do it. You know? So oh, Shannon, yeah. Shannon's there with him. Yeah. Shannon's there with him making... You know, deer steaks and deer hamburgers, sure. you know, and, and that's beautiful. And so, you know, that's how you balance each other out Yeah. when you're parenting. Yeah. I actually asked my daughter the other day, and this was actually from um, a message that <clears throat> our pastor had. But, you know, I went to my daughter and I said, 
how can I love you better? Like, what's, how do you enjoy us to be together as a father and a daughter? And she said, I just like you being, like, keep doing what you're doing. I like you being around. Like, most of the stuff she does, I'm not that interested in. But we can, like, sit next to each other, just kind of parallel time with each other. Yeah. And she finds that to be, like, the absolute best thing in the world. She loves that. And I'm like, I could do that. I'll just keep doing that, you know? Yeah, there's... I mean, that's, I think, I think sometimes parents don't realize that that is everything everything. to your kid. It really is. It's just like, um, I I remember going on a, a road trip with my dad. We were actually helping his mother move. Yeah. And we were moving her down from, we were driving the U-Haul and I was too young to drive. So I'm just sitting in the passenger seat the whole time. Yeah. And neither my dad or I are great conversationalists when it comes to maybe like the two of us. And I think we're better at it now, but I think especially when I'm young, I don't know, you know, I mean, sure, but it's just a dynamic. So anyway, we're, we're not talking like that much on the drive down, but we're just sitting in the same you yeah. haul truck together yeah. for a week, you know, as we drive my grandmother down to Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think parents will sometimes diminish or just not be cognizant of how bonding it can be to just sit in silence as you drive down the highway. Yeah. So true. Yeah, it's so true. My dad and I did a cross country trip when he moved me out to Las Vegas for to start my doctorate. Mm. And it was awesome. I don't even remember what we talked about. But I know we started out the trip by listening to his favorite artist of all time, Jimi Hendrix. And we listened to that all the way through like St. Louis and all this stuff. And we just listened to something he loved. And it was just so memorable. Again, I don't remember what we talked about. But Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that trip. You know, it was just, I think we can't diminish stuff like that. No, you can't. And, you know, I mean, people could, can see my father and see me and say, oh man, you guys are nothing alike, you know, and and blah, blah, blah. Well, we both love Elvis. (laughs) There you go. I I mean, (laughs) because he played Elvis all the time when we were kids and I developed a great love and appreciation for for Elvis. I, did I tell you I showed the kids one of the old Elvis movies about a month ago or so? so? I'm not sure. There's an Elvis movie called Tickle Me. <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> Here was the deal. I told the kids, I said, listen, you're about to watch one of the best bad movies you'll ever see. <laughs> But here is the challenge. I'm challenging all of you. So you have to pay real close attention because I'm going to ask you at the end of this film, why is it called Tickle Me? Yeah. There is no rhyme or reason. There's no song in it that I was singing (laughs) called Tickle Me. Nobody ever talks about being tickled. Nobody makes a reference to tickling. There is none of it. None of it. Absolute zero. Let me summarize this movie for you, if I may. Elvis is a rodeo rider. Comes into town, gets stood up by whoever is supposed to meet him. Uh, Ends up singing in a bar 
at that bar, he ends up getting in a fight because he's too sexy for his own good and all the other <laughs> lady, all the other guys' ladies want him. Well, this woman who owns a ranch says, well, why don't you come work for me? And he decides he'll do that until the rodeo season starts. He shows up at the ranch, and it's not a ranch per se. It is a health spa, and they help like movie starlets and things like that get in shape and stuff like that. Basically, they starve them. It's just strange. Yeah. <laughs> and he's supposed to be like taking care of the horses that they go horseback riding on. And it's this wonderful scene where they act like like they're please athletes who actually ride horses, you know, don't take this as a slight because there's riding horses and there's taking a stroll sitting atop a horse. And that's yeah, what they were doing. And they were acting like this was like some workout for the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so amazing. <laughs> Okay, so there's somebody at the ranch who works at the ranch as well. She's gorgeous. So I was totally in love with her as a kid. But she, her grandfather was a prospector at one of these gold mines in the area. And there's a ghost town where he's hidden the gold. And there is a conspiracy in the law enforcement, local law enforcement, and other employees at this ranch to find the map that she has of her grandfather's and go and get the gold and steal it and and then in the end it turns into a scooby-doo cartoon complete with masks like monster masks and like having to um, unmask the villain at the end i mean wow. it is that sounds bad incredible <laughs> it's in <clears throat> incredible and they there's like moments where like they're supposed to be in this haunted hotel at the end and it's like it's a total scooby-doo cartoon yeah it's total and it's so oh my gosh so my kids you know they kind of loved it and all of yeah. us kind of love it and kind of hate it at the same time it's like this makes no sense this is yeah. absolutely stupid why is it called tickle me that's really weird actually it's really Simon. You're on some weird stuff, man. I mean, it's like, isn't that the strangest movie you've ever heard? No, it's really strange. I'm questioning why you told me about it actually right now. Because here's what I want to know: It's like, who wrote that script? Who presented that script? And who said this is the script we're using? And let's get Elvis. <laughs> It's a different time. There's still bad movies <laughs> like that. There's still bad movies, but I mean, it, it's just kind of like, I just don't get it sometimes. And I, and I was talking to the kids about it later. It's like, I don't understand. Elvis wasn't a terrible actor. You could have put him in some good stuff. Right. But you just chose to do this. This was a choice. I'm choosing to do this with you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hate when these have to end because literally I think Simon and I could do like a marathon show of like eight, nine hours. And it would just be we, we totally could. fun for us mainly the whole time. We totally could. It may kill other people, but man, you are my dude. You're an awesome guy, even though you've sent me a lot of bad texts this week. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get more. I'm trying to be nice, and this is what happens to me. Just keeping <laughs> it real, bro. Just keeping it real. 
Simon, thank you so much. Seriously, man. This is thank uh, you. always wonderful. Seriously. Thank you for giving me your time. Of course, man. All right, man. See ya. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift the Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. The Jeep Wrangler 4xe. It's electrified. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie up a mountain, over creeks, or boogie, woogie, woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie, woogie, woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie, woogie, woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of antivenom and boogie, woogie, woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.